Kelly, right. Kelly, can you give That's us right. a little acapella air horn, please? That's adorable. It's like a little, like a cat doing. Can I try again? What's that? Can I try again? Please, you can try all. That was perfect. Try all That was perfect. I just want more of that on the actual recording. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. This is episode 23, and we got a, a jam-packed one for you. Uh, it's dynamite. It's it dynamite. dynamite. Okay, th- I was going to wonder. I was like, should I? Maybe that's just the official opening. Maybe I just dropped the dynamite. That's how, that's how it's going to be. It, 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 it almost has to be because our commitments to to dynamite you know what i mean mean, we're just committed to dynamite yes absolutely uh guys please subscribe leave five stars tell a friend uh share this that's how we get bigger we appreciate it uh let people know uh i am brandana and with me as always he's hall of fame in my book most awesome (laughs) thank you bro thank you bro how was your week bro been a good week brother good it was uh you know busy 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 i mean that's what everybody says I think when they have nothing to say or I could talk about the weather, but it was a busy week and it was raining a lot and really fucking humid. So there you go. All, there you all, go. The podcast can go nowhere but up from here because I talked about the That's two right. most boring things apart my week. Hot weather talk. I like it. <laughs> Coming at you. Guys, uh, it is a jam-packed. It is a dynamite episode. We have ripped from the headlines. We're going to hit the NFL Hall of Fame. We have returning for date night. Uh, we are diving Ooh. into 1988's movie Big. Uh, we have a Mab guest in studio. Callie Gilman is joining the pod. And before I forget to say this, she wants to talk a little bit of fantasy football. But uh, as the listen audience knows now, all you know members out there, everyone knows the Mab About You segment's coming up. So to not make it so insidery, I did get a tip that Callie was once busted sleepwalking and eating cat food. So that's going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to, no. we're, we're going to see if we can embarrass her a little bit and spring that on her during the map about you. Uh, and then we're going to top into the Neapolitan showdown. We're talking worst people in restaurants, jump into mm-hmm. Brandana gambling corner. I'm going to take you through all the different ways to gamble on the NFL this year with a bunch of different pools going on out there. Then we'll do our MVP and we will let Callie tell us a 60 second tale from the frat. I mean, that's a lot of shit, bro. That's a I, lot is, of shit we got. It's legit dynamite. It's a legitimate jam packed. I can't I can't I I can't contain it anymore. Let's just bring it to the jams. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you wanna be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, ripped from the headlines. Uh, we're talking the Hall of Fame. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Well, because we got the uh, we have our first taste of NFL preseason football with the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, and then we've got the Hall of Fame ceremony coming up here. So we thought, hey, 
what better what better time to talk about NFL Hall of Fames? Um, significantly, uh, T.O. kind of snubbing the Hall of Fame process and doing his speech at his alma mater, Tennessee Chattanooga, as opposed to Canton with all the rest of them. So what do you think the story behind this is? Like, why is he kind of like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like if you win an award or some sort of like legacy thing, I, I don't feel like you win a lifetime achievement from the Oscars and you're just like, hey, like bring it over and meet me in like, you know, SoCal <laughs> right. and then like give it to me. Like there's some sort of, if you're given an award, I feel like the people that are issuing the award can kind of set the venue on where that's going to be. Why is he doing this? I think he's doing this because he's he he's taking into question a little bit of the Hall of Fame process, the selection process. And I think he's it's really just T.O. being T.O. because he's really kind of down on the fact that he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. This is his second or third pass at being a Hall of Fame nominee. And I think he's just a little little salty regarding his uh, his nomination and, and thinks that uh, it's maybe not always the, the fairest in terms of uh, how players get evaluated. Okay, so you think if he's first ballot, then this isn't an issue. Then he just shows up uh, to Canton, he just goes to that Hall of Fame game, gives a speech, and that's that. Totally, yeah. I mean, this is a non-story. He's going in there, T.O. being T.O. Now, to be fair, I, I, I kind of wonder if he would make it try some way if he was the first ballot hall of famer to make it about himself Um, (laughs) even more even more than what he is now you know sounds like that but uh yeah exactly but yeah so this is a a way to him kind of snub or put it in the face of the hall of fame committee um and try this this feels and i just thought about this right now so i'm let let me work it's fresh this feels like lebron james decision 1.0 to go to miami where he set the stage to, to try and soften the blow of him leaving cleveland by going and doing it at the boys and girls club of akron and donating like a million dollars to it and some way kind of diffusing the fact that he is you know leaving his his franchise so T.O. is now going back to his alma mater because he's, he's throwing all the praise on this university that was his you know the 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 the, the foundation of his success and yep. bringing it back there and trying to soften the blow that he's being a petulant child about snubbing, you know, Canton and going and getting the, the jacket. Yeah, yeah, I get that. How's that? How's that corollary? How's that feel for you? Uh, Try it on. I'm, Work it. I'm an, I like a fresh take. I'm going to put it on, walk around in it, see how it feels. Uh, exactly. I, I, I kind of, I hear what you're saying, but here's the thing also. So I want to jump on the point you said on softening the blow. I thought maybe you were going to say soften the blow on the fact that, you know, he, he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's, you know, I didn't realize that. I don't know if you didn't realize that. I feel like, you know, 50% of the football watching public that really loves the NFL, like kind of doesn't, doesn't keep super great track about like how many times you've been down to that, like final round of 15. So it almost seems by bringing more attention to it now, like I really know he's not a first ballot hall of famer. And I'll say this brother too, like there is kind of uh there's a cue with wide receivers, right? They're kind of getting like backlogged. I was reading on that a little bit to where like, especially specifically for the wide receiver position, it's a lot less now on, you know, it's, there's not as many first ballot hall of fame. I don't think Randy Moss is first ballot, right? Like it's less of who. No, Randy, Randy is a, first he was. Ballot. Okay. He is. Yeah. I was reading. Yeah, he was, that was yeah. two years ago. Okay. But it's, it is, there's kind of just this, this line for wide receivers to get in that are more, might be a little bit more about for wide receivers specifically less about if you were better than this guy and more like he's been waiting longer to get in. There could be some of that. There's also a little bit that the stats are now getting way blown out in terms of where it was, the, the passing game. I mean, Tio, like we said, is number two all time on receptions. So he's got a lot of stats to back it up. Now, he doesn't have a 
a, a Super Bowl win. So maybe that could be kind of a, a thing that they're now, you know, kind of judging him and his his career on. Plus, he had all of the, you know, part of being a Hall of Famer is not just, you know, your stats and your individual awards, but it is how you kind of you 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 took that team that you're on to the next level, how you carried it and had a commitment to excellence. You know, it's, it's stats is one phase of it, but the, the, what you brought to the game is another thing. And I think he's really kind of ushered in that me first player in the NFL, which is not, you know, I don't necessarily know if it's the most commendable thing. Yeah. So break down for me right now, if you could think uh, just on most awesomes kind of percentage breakdown piece of the pie on what is what would it, like in terms of judging somebody and getting them into the Hall of Fame? Like, is it like 60% stats? Is it in 20% like rings? What is it? Yeah, I would say you're probably in that 60, 70% stats. And and I would say with that comes longevity. Um, although there are some, uh, some outliers for that, Terrell Davis being the one who had a very short career, cut down by injuries. Gail Sayers, another one. Um, but guys who had kind of short bursts of career, but that were so unbelievably impactful in that moment that it kind of you know you could kind of foreshadow uh what their career could have been had it not been cut short by injuries so 60 70 percent uh on production uh a little bit of sprinkled in with you know maybe five percent longevity so then you're about you know 20 percent is on then just your your legacy as a player within that within that decade you know were you viewed as the the premier player at that position in your decade yeah and then you know a couple other percentage points to not being an asshole not being an asshole right exactly (laughs) uh who in your mind is the kind of the biggest name player to not make the hall of fame well, I mean, just looking at it right now, I've got some snubs. Or so the interesting thing about it is, is the way that the, the the Hall of Fame has gone back on it is, is now they have the senior committee. So these are guys that have been out of the league for 25 years. So they're trying to look at some of these senior guys. And one of the guys in the class of 2018 is somebody that you could make a case for. And I'm talking about Jerry Kramer, who's an offensive lineman for the Packers, was on those famed Vince Lombardi. Hall of Fame teams, you know, where, you know, if you remember the the classic, like, old video footage of, you know, Lombardi at the chalkboard, you know, I want a seal here and a seal here and, you know, create that alleyway for, for a running back. Well, Jerry Kramer was the first pulling guard, and he was the, one of those guys creating that seal. He played for, I think it was only 10 years, had a injury-laden career, but was like a first-time first first uh, our first team all NFL like seven or eight times in his career and won like seven championships during that run. So he's one of those guys that should have made it in probably a lot sooner and has now finally made it in. All right, let's do real quick. Uh, let's just spend two minutes talking about quarterbacks. Uh, I'm going to pop yes. a couple, not active quarterback, but recent quarterbacks happening right now. And then I know you kind of have a take on kind of how there's a different, your resume has got to look a little bit different as a quarterback to get in the For Hall sure. of Fame, I feel like. For sure. Uh, right now, so... I'm wondering about Philip Rivers. Is he Hall of Fame? I'm wondering about Tony Romo, who left the game, uh, you know, two years ago due to his back. Uh, is he Hall of Fame? Uh, I'll go Tony Romo. I'll give you the short answer on Tony Romo. Sure. Absolutely not. There's no, there's no, there's no way on God's green earth that Tony Romo. He's a great. He's a good football player. He is just not a Hall of Fame football player. Um, he basically was two and four in his playoffs uh, career record. Only made the playoffs four times. Only four Pro Bowls. He's 32nd in all-time passing yards and 22nd in all-time passing TDs. Um, mm. 
There's just not a lot. I mean, you know, Tony Romo was out there, but just not a lot to, to base a case on. It is when it, you look at some of the other quarterbacks out there. Yeah, and also like I, I think also playing in Dallas, where I mean, you had like Troy Aikman, you know, coming out of that shadow. Like it's you can't sure. even. You have to, I think to make a little bit of a case with a resume like that. Maybe you're on a team that you know doesn't have a history of having an amazing quarterback behind it. And I think that you have to, as a quarterback, you have to win a Super Bowl okay, get or an it. NFL All right, get championship. Get into it, brother. I, I, I'm yeah. going to let the reins off you. So what, what's different for a quarterback to get in the Hall of Fame? I, I think f- without a doubt, if you look at all the quarterbacks, there's, there's 31 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. 23 of them have won either an NFL championship or an AFL championship. Uh, only eight of them have not won a Super Bowl or an NFL championship. Uh, and two of those guys, of those eight, are pre like 1930s where the NFL just wasn't the NFL, but they were, you know, they were, they basically are kind of grandfathered in. Like I talked the senior committee. So you really have here are the non winning QB, I, I think, non Super Bowl. I want to go for a couple. Can I go for a couple? Most awesome. Yeah. Can I go, go? Oh, absolutely. Dan, yeah. Dan Marino for sure. Dan Marino's in there. Yep. Uh, did Dan Fouts win one? Dan Fouts did not win one. Is he Hall yeah, of Fame? But he's in there. He he's Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. so that's yep. too, you know what? I'm going to quit where I had. I'm, I'm kind of quit really impressed. I'm, su- two, I'm surprised you dance. didn't go with Mi- – Two dance. I'm surprised you didn't go with oh. Mr. Mr. Viking. Yeah, Tarkington. Yep, Fran yeah. Tarkington. Yep, 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 yep. And then, and then you've got uh, – also, your other boy who who brought you to Minnesota, Warren Moon. Oh, Warren. Oh, my boy. You know, I kind of – all that shuffling around, I kind of overlooked the fact he didn't win a championship. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. And then you've got Jim Kelly, obviously. Uh, and then – uh, Y.A. Tittle, and that's the modern era of quarterbacks that have not won a Super Bowl. Now, if you look at all of those guys, you go Dan Marino, Moon, Kelly, Fouts, and Tarkenton to some extent because he was a running quarterback. They're all just unbelievable stat, stat guys. I mean, they, they were a generation ahead of the passing game for when they played, the yeah. era that they played in, right? Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that makes total sense. Let's drop that on uh, Insta for these fools too, because that'll be a fun play along game. Uh, so when they listen in, I'm trying to guess those those eight quarterbacks that because yeah, I think you guessed that. I know most awesome. You guessed that if the tables returned. I should have set you up <laughs> last time. Uh, okay, right. r- real uh, quick, just a little fun fact on the uh, Hall of Fame talk. Uh, when you get inducted to the Hall of Fame, I I don't. Randy Moss isn't a great example, but he was a Patriot, had success with Patriots, uh, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, did not win one with the Vikings. Uh, right. You don't go in as a player in a certain team. Like, it, neither the player nor the Hall of Fame, like, picks a team for, like, you're just, you are on these teams. It's not like you have to go in a Viking or in, like, a Patriot. Just Is is Major League Baseball the only team, the only Hall of Fame where you go in as a player for that team? Because don't they have the bus where, like, you basically are wearing, like, a cap for the team? <laughs> I, am I, yeah, am right. I wrong in that? I'm not... No, no, I, I think you're right. It's just, like, he's got to be wearing, like, something. Like, there's some sort right. of, like, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, back there, it's, like, or if, like, jerseys are retired, like, there has to be – the jersey's obviously retired for that specific team. But, like, if you're – I mean, I haven't been to Canton, but I imagine there's jerseys hanging up in there. Like, it has to be, you know, some team. It's not going to be, like, a practice jersey with just, like, Randy Moss's <laughs> number. It's uh, not going to be like the the generic Brett Favre like we talked about from uh, something about <laughs> Mary. It's not going to be like that generic one. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> all right, buddy, let's jump into day nine. Oh, we want to uh, we're going to take it to the jam, but uh, just want to give a shout out to our boy CA uh, Chris Allen wrote us a little jam. Uh, you can find his music. We'll provide a little link to his in one of our Instagram things or something. But he wrote us a song, and we're excited to premiere this for date night. Take us to that Can jam. I- Oh, go, buddy. What? 
Oh, I, I, I just really wanted to just kind of double down on T.O. and just talk about all the guys that were, were not first ball ballot Hall of Fame yeah, guys. All right, buddy. Uh, Bill Parcells, Shannon Sharp, Willie Rofe, Dermani Dawson, Chuck Bednarik, who made the 75th all-time NFL team, Art Monk, Joe Namath. Those are all guys that didn't make it on the first ballot. Only 23% of the Hall of Fame has ever made it on the first ballot. So come on, T.O., slow your roll, bro. Slow, now take us to the jams. Slow your roll, T.O. We're going to the – well, now, now you have me talking also. We came into this segment, and Most Awesome was just like, you know, we got a jam-packed episode. We're going to keep it tight. We're going to keep it tight. But you can't – he's like a kid in a candy store. You can't sit him in there and been like, we swore – we promised ourselves only 12 minutes. It's just like, just two more fun facts. Two more fun facts. <laughs> sorry. I, sorry. My, it's good. The consolation bracket comes and stings us again. Uh, for the last time – that jam from Chris Allen. Oh yeah, it's the map date night. The showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this pot fucks. I said this pot fucks. Oh yeah, this pot fucks. All right. M-A-B date night. Me and oh. my boy, most awesome. Then the lights, pop the popcorn, exactly. got, our pal- exactly. got our Palomas ready. Ooh, uh, did you have one too? <laughs> I had one. <laughs> I know you did, buddy. I know you did. Uh, and we watched Big, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, initial thoughts, brothers. Did it hold up? I would say, yeah, this movie holds up. It was, it was you know, me and Mrs., uh, Dr. and Mrs. The Commish. Popped it in on on Thursday along with you, Brandon, on the sofa. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, don't forget about it. yeah yeah. No we all we, it was a little you know we were all family you know, tucked up there mm-hmm. family affair, and we watched it and it was you know still entertaining as it was back in 1988. I, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed it. So this movie had something. I made a note immediately about it. Uh, something really interesting, which was you unlike a lot of other movies that kind of do have rewatch value, you know, we watch the wizard and we're like, Oh, this is fun. And it's kind of for nostalgic reasons. This does have two different sets of eyes. You can watch it through. Like you can watch sure. it through like your kid eyes, which is just like, Oh my God, that kid's in a grown up world. That's insane. <laughs> and then you can right. watch in your adult eyes where you're just like, Oh, I know that fucking boss, you know, like, Oh, that asshole from work. I know exactly who that motherfucker is. Oh, and this like right. chick right here. Yeah. So it was, uh, it worked really well. It was one of those things where, like I said, that's the reason why it holds up. Um, it's just, it's just, and 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 Tom Hanks. If you rewatch it from an adult perspective, and having kids, especially, you watch him just nail all the little tiny kid details that yeah. stuff that kids do that you're like gosh he is like it is an awesome performance he probably won't get like won't go on the the header of best performances by tom hanks because there's a lot of them but that performance in there he is a 12 year old kid in that movie i was saying the same thing like his attention to detail just on like the little stuff like the plane with the you know playing with the radio or whatever like when he's in the limousine yeah, and just in like, the limo yeah yeah his fascination with kind of everything uh, a fun fact is Penny Marshall, actually, who directed the movie, uh, we'll get into a little bit more of the history of the movie. Sure. But they recorded, they had uh, the actual kid that played Josh Baskins do. David all- Moscow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Good pull, bro. Uh, there you go. Deep, deep pull. Take a drink. Oh, man. Try to get away. <laughs> Are you just a fucking expert in everything? Jesus. This fucking <laughs> Mr. Sports and Mr. IMDb over here. Yes, uh, that is his name. But they, uh, they recorded the kid actually doing all the adult scenes. That Tom Hanks did. Yeah. And then Tom Hanks studied that film to kind of like learn some more of that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I, I read that and I thought that that was a great little touch. Smart smart directing by Penny Marshall on that one. Yeah. It was well done. Uh, what, what are some of the toughest plot pills to swallow? 
What what did okay. what did Ma was just a little bit like mm, all right. Okay, so your twelve year old son goes missing. Sure, and. Yeah. And there's a random adult male just kind of, you know, just pops in the house, trying to pops in the house, you know, God knows what he's doing there. And there isn't a bigger push or bigger search or big citywide search to get Josh Baskins back. Okay. Yeah. No police. (laughs) Yeah. Like what's going on with that? There should, there should be like billboards and radio campaigns for like bring Baskins back. And it's just like, it should, it should own the news. Well, they, so his picture is on the side of a milk carton. Which that's the only later. that's the only acknowledgement of it, and not to be whatever when he when when Josh calls his parent or his mom right and and is like, hey, we have your son, he's okay, and yeah. you know, tell me the the so I know he's safe. I can't talk to him. Like, there's no police there. There's nobody there, and she like, there's no then police there after to try and be like, oh my god, the 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 people that are holding this kid for ransom yeah, call. have called the house. Like, I, I was we're watching this house twenty four seven. I hear what you're saying. I totally agree. I do like that they didn't include all that bullshit. Like, this is a comedy. Like, I I don't need, like, the beat cop who's going to, like, kind of Tom Hanks all the time is, like, ducking in the elevator just in the right time to, like, miss the detective walking in. Like, I'm glad that's not part of the storyline. But to your point, I was – my thing was with uh, – well, can we just real quickly get through the uh, – I mean, a Zoltar machine that turns you 20 years older. Uh, that's <laughs> – I mean that's let's. I mean, if we're calling space, it's it's just part of their segment of this date night. Uh, tough, tough for me to imagine that happening, but we'll get into the rules well, of that. Right, right, right. Yes, I mean, and there's. There, <laughs> I mean, there, it's, yeah. we got to bring it up, and it was it wasn't even plugged in, so it was it was and, magical. And that's which the thing is, and when he went back twenty years old, or twenty years, he had to unplug it. So like the so power wasn't a, like a component to it, and it almost didn't feel like it was weather because it was windy and kind of yep. whatever. And when he when he turned back time, it was just. It was interesting. He had to kind of beat on it a little bit to to get it. So. I did like because I think there were a lot of movies that kind of did that. Uh, whatever, like you're old, you're young, young and old body. And I, I think a lot of it was it, the third act would drag on too long of them trying right. to just figure out like, oh my god, like uh, how am I going to get back? How am I going to get back? And I, I do like this one. It's, it had a really clean, tight ending. We'll, we'll get into you know, yes. like how long that his girlfriend, you know has to look in the mirror after figuring all that out but <laughs> right. it, it was nice like you just like he's all of a sudden a little we'll, again we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about that when we talk about where are they now <laughs> i feel i feel like date night is always like we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that like we're dogging yeah. so many things the last thing okay so uh what we're talking about uh, plot points uh bring baskins back campaign yes they, why yes. were they not following billy around billy was around that- with baskins all the time like, did his parents not care? He did have to be in bed at a certain time because he would talk on the walkie-talkies with Baskins. But he's just out sure. to all hours of the night. And it's just all of a sudden you're cutting class and you have a friend that's like 32 years old. Like, this ain't working out. You're, and right. also, Bi- right. Billy, let, let me finish on that. Like, Billy yeah, did yeah, yeah. buy in a little too quickly on it. Just like, like, Tom Hanks does a little dance in the gym. And all of a sudden, Billy's just like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, shimmy, yeah, yeah. Shimmy, you're, you're my best friend. And it's, it's like, oh, like, you're my best friend. Yeah, God. you're, you're not, not to touch me at all. Yeah, okay, I get it. But here's the thing, yes. Billy, you're telling me that Billy holds up under questioning from the police that sure. he doesn't a twelve year old <laughs> yeah. has this like huge monumental like life thing happening right. to him. He's not gonna be telling everybody, especially when when Josh 
hits the mother load and has this like sick apartment on like the upper east side <laughs> with like you know what i mean yeah. overlooking the city sure and like the 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 world is their oyster money is no object you're telling me this kid isn't gonna drop a dime or let something slip out and everybody's gonna like all right let's let's investigate this guy exactly. posing oh by the way as josh baskins Absolutely. for this uh, you know this this yeah this this pervert this like <laughs> like right. child kidnapper runner he's probably kidnapped josh baskins now he's going after our boy billy like and also yes. like Billy's got to be coming home like with new toys, with new kicks or something. You know, like all that sweet, right. all that sweet cheddar Baston's getting from his promotion. Like he's gonna take care of his boy. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna make it rain in it, and all my he's like he's like a first round NFL draft pick. He, all of a sudden, he's just yep. making it rain for everybody. Take care of his entourage, yeah. absolutely. And th- and this also this might not be a plot pill to swallow. It's tough, but I'm just I have I have lots of questions about. Uh, Paul and Susan's like weird quasi open relationship. Yeah, I don't get what this is going on with this. Also, What's I don't, I don't feel like open relationships were invented until like the mid '90s. I don't, I don't know. Like there was just kind of. I mean, there there was. This was some time between the era of like key parties and just like yes. we're in an open relationship before like online dating. Where, I mean, he just kind of really that guy's a fucking asshole. Are we getting into Josh right is, now? Or not yeah. Josh? Oh, yeah. uh, no, into, into Paul. Pa- Paul. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, Paul. Um, and here's the other thing. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Here's the other thing. And again, this is not in the vein of tough, t- tough plot pills to swallow, but this is just something that's hard to get over. How does Josh, when Susan questions him about the "what are we" relationship question, how does how does he just get out of it by just hitting her with comic books? Uh, we've all been we've been in that question. We've all uh, yeah. been in that in that. Sir, you know what I'm saying? But the, like, that's what's funny. Like he he hasn't been in that, and that's why it worked because usually like your eyeballs would roll so fast in the back of your head, but. He does like her, and he has a little crush, and I thought he nailed that scene because he just kind of like – he almost like kind of blushes, and he's just like – because she doesn't ask like where's this relationship going. She's Well, she kind of asked that, but she asked like what do you think of me, and he's just like kind of like too embarrassed because he, he likes her, and he can't say he likes her. It, it worked. It worked well. Ah, uh, okay, all right. I just don't know if if, if, a, if a modern successful woman like Susan who clearly has her pick of the litter – that is not a that's not a reasonable answer. She's an executive. She wants answers. And when she sits there and says, you know, what is this? What are we doing? What beating she- beating beating her about with comic books is not gonna be like, <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna let it go. You're right. You're silly. You're a child. Yeah, no, I think Oh it- wait, you are a child. <laughs> you are a child, yeah. Uh no, I think I think it worked because, you know, she was used to just you know, these relationships stalling out. Like she would yeah. kind of have a crush on somebody kind of up there went the ladder and then she was kind of yeah. used and they would just kind of bail on her. So she kind of figured she was walking on that same thing because she wasn't getting effects. Like she could kind of hear, like kind of look at the time, like the clock ticking. It's just like, Oh, he got his big promotion. Like he's making a lot of money now. Uh, we've been together for like three or four weeks. We've already slept together a bunch of times. Like this is probably about the time it's over. So she's kind of like paranoid and in going into that. And then he's right, just, right, right, he's right, just, right. And he, he blushes and she's, he, she's used to the guys being like, dude, are you fucking serious? Like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, just relax, like, right, chill. Right. And he kind of takes We're just having fun, angle. baby. We're just having fun. Yeah, and I, and I think I think it worked. You know, except okay. for the right, fact that fine. she's 35 and he's 12. Do you know? Yes, right. We'll get we'll get deeper into that. Okay, all right. <laughs> so many problems. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, should we do a little – let's do a little favorite lines. Let's lighten it up. Okay, yes, good point. Uh, I have so many favorite lines in this. Yeah. Um, I think one of my, my – the, the, the best line, it's the best kid line to me, is when Billy yells at Josh when they get into their argument in his office and he's, you know, 
and he he leaves out and he storms out with like just the like the the killer like and one bitch line where he goes and i'm three months older than you are asshole <laughs> like that's such a great line because it's like oh look bro like where we're your collateral is so much in just i'm older than you so i know better i've been around this world three months more than you yeah it's great it's and great that's what line. it is when you're young when you're that age right it's just like you know you're like 13 and I'm 12. It's like, holy shit. Like you're so much more wiser yes. than I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, okay. So I, what, do, what do you got? I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to start low and build up a little bit. So I did. So when they're back in the apartment, obviously there's the classic, like, uh, you mean stay over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be yeah. on top. I mean, that's yep. plays to all ages. Uh, fantastic. But he does. So I'm going to do that. Love that line. They go in and he jumps on the top bunk, which is a great, like you kind of see the look on her face. Yep. Like he's about to dive in there and he just jumps, but he leans over and he gives the, the glow in the dark ring. And he's like, it's a glow in the dark compass ring. So you don't get lost. Yeah. And it's she kind of looks moment. at it. Yeah. She kind of looks at it for a beat. Cause she's kind of like lost in her life. It's, it's good. It's a good transition. Right. So again, so here's where we're, you know, does Susan accept this where she's here and she's like feeling kind of, uh, you know, little, little drunk energy and she's kind of vibing on Josh and he's this kind of this wonderkin of the toy world. Then she goes to his apartment. By the way, he wears the key around a, like on a, on a shoestring around his neck. That's not a red flag. And then walks into (laughs) the apartment, which is just like toys everywhere, like a kid's wet dream and has bunk beds. You're telling me that chick? You're telling me Susan, a mature woman in her 30s who's an executive, is hanging around for that? That's a deal breaker, bro. I, I, so here's where I think it balances out. Like, it does look weird. And, you know, hats off to uh, Steven Spielberg's sister who uh, actually wrote this, and Spielberg, uh, for Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg to direct, which didn't have any dropped out. little fun fact. But I, right. I will say I do like it because – it's perfect because they do live in a toy world. So it could just look like a guy that's just like, you know, like fucking method. That's just like has all the shit around him, like just wants to and likes likes to have fun, like that youthful energy. And I definitely do buy she likes the fact they don't sleep together on the first night because she's so used to guys just like drunkenly throw right. themselves at her. So here's a guy that like just does legit enjoy her company. So she has to really like that. Yes, I I I'm into the fact that that she's into the fact that they don't they don't knock boots the first night. What I'm not so sure is is that he sleeps on the top bank, bunk and they've got Spider-Man sheets <laughs> for their pajamas. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's that's what that I'm curious the tough, on. They can go the tough bill. It's a little like it's a little how method you take in this Baskins. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, 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 right. Uh, okay, uh, I will do. I like that Paul asshole line, like when they're playing racquetball. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. I don't. That, that is like stuck in my head forever. Did you remember that when you heard it again, like watching it, like just kind of? Which one? Which one? I say that well, again. Well, it's like when he goes, get it, get it, get it. When they're playing like the they're playing the racquetball game, and like oh, it goes, yeah, 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 and then yeah, make yeah. Josh run and get it. And he just like get it, get it. He just says get it, get it, get it, in like this really yeah, yeah, like yeah. douchey asshole way that has always kind yeah. of stuck out. Yeah, and that was one of those ones where it was like the kid just asking like a thousand questions and he tells him to shut up Baskins. Like, yeah. oh, just shut up yeah. Baskins, you know yeah. what I mean? That, that's a good right. one too. And I like on on Payday, John Lovett's undersung in this in this film. He's only in it like four scenes, quality, and he's uh and they get the check and Josh opens up and he's like, $187. And then and Lovitz is like, yeah, they really screw you, don't you? <laughs> it's like, that's a yeah. great, like, we've all been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's one of those moments where you said, like, the tale of two movies, right? Yeah. Kids are like, holy shit, $187 yeah. is a lot of money. 
And adults are like, oh, they just jobbed me for all my hard work. Okay, my last love its line, uh, my last line, which is a love its line, is by far my favorite line in the movie. I totally forgot about it. It's Baskin's yes. first day, and love its like is pointing to that secretary, like just kind of walking down the hall, and it's like, she'll have her legs around you so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. And then Baskin's right. straight face says, I'll stay away from her then. Yeah. <laughs> I right, was like right, fearful. Right. <laughs> Right, oh. and it, they pay, they even pay it off at the company Christmas party when he walks up to the first hors d'oeuvre table, <laughs> oh, I mean, and I she turns out, and she turns around, she's like, "Well, hello," and he's like, "Ooh," you know what I mean? It's so it's so good. I totally fucking missed that. Awesome, good yeah. pull. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Okay, hit me with a little. Where are they now? Where's their team at? All right. Okay. Okay. So start so start I, small and go big. End with Baskins. You want me to start small? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll leave Baskins for the end then. Okay. I'm gonna go. We're gonna go with that asshole Paul. Yep. Uh, I think Paul ends up in some sort of either white collar prison or or something like that because I think he gets involved in some sort of Madoff esque Ponzi scheme. I think he's just a shill and a crook, and I think he ends up in white collar. Like if he's sixty something today, thirty years later, yeah. he's in. He's probably got caught up in some. You know, Ponzi-esque scheme. Yeah, he's definitely. That's yeah. what I see for Paul. Yeah, he's got that. Uh, yeah, got that ambition. Like a little, uh, like like a little sociopathic, maybe. Like a little anything yeah. to get on top. Also, if you remember right. him at the holiday party, drunk off his ass, and it had just started. Because let's remember this: like Baskins gets invited to the holiday party. He's a kid, so yep. he's going to be there on time. And so, right. by the time Baskin walks into that holiday party, let's say it starts at like seven. In the white but everyone's already there. He's like one of the last people to show up, though. I know, but I still think it's going to be like on. T- yeah, everyone was there, but okay, maybe everybody got on time. Maybe you just shot this mm-hmm. to the wall. Josh is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But but okay. So I'll I'll, I'll double down on that. Okay. So they had the 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 six to seven cocktail hour, yeah. which he doesn't know what that is, and then they've got the seven o'clock dinner. He shows up time for that. Okay, go. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, okay. Great. And, and and they're making hay, they're making hay on the cocktail hour. Yeah. I exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just this simple. Like, uh, our boy Paul's still talking business. And his eyeballs yeah. are like in the back of his head, like they're cross-eyed. Yeah. Like I had four martinis, like cross-eyed. Like he's just like, <laughs> right. like okay. I know you want to say something about the beluga, beluga. Yeah, the beluga caviar was it was a was a good scene, although a little little over dramatic with him just like desperately wiping his tongue out. Like I I would feel like he would gag himself on that. Yeah. But the baby corn scene. Which I read in a little fun fact was a totally improv scene by, by your boy Tom Hanks, where he just grabbed the corn and just, and that's just that's just a great great overall scene. And for many years thereafter, a young most awesome ate baby corn. I was gonna say it. If there's anything big did to the planet Earth, it has made people pick up little baby corns at any kind of like Mongolian barbecue and right. <laughs> eat it like it's a normal size corn on the cob. What do you get? Where do you think, where do you think Susan is today? 2018. She's probably in her sixties. Where do you think she is today? I think, I think she hit a little, I think she set an alarm clock for like nine years later. No, not, it doesn't right. have to be that like eight years later. And I think she looked up baskets and I think like, because now she's going to be like 40, like early 40s. I, I just think that corporate, the kind of guy she was around, like was never going to work out. Uh, she's starting to get a little older. Uh, now she's like 40. And I think she reaches out to Baskins like desperately trying to remind them what they had. He's a little older, wiser, maybe sees that it's like uh, it's a little fucked up that this is going on because he's actually like, yeah. you know, 18, 19 years old. So restraining order. 
See little we have that little like Mary Kay Letourneau teacher thing going on yeah. there with, you know, yeah. Uh, that's an interesting vibe. I, I took it a different direction. I took it after she, like you said, she had that long, hard look in the mirror after the fact as, as Josh turns back into the 12-year-old boy and realizes what she's done. I think she now, after going the whole corporate ladder and everything like that, uh, vow of abstinence, no longer. She's going to commit herself to, to Jesus Christ. She's going to get out of the toy industry all and, and commit herself to something altruistic, getting in there and, you know, maybe uh, Habitat for Humanity or, or, or maybe going to Africa and, and, and building huts and things like that. I, wow. That's where I see her going. Wow. Just this kind of supernatural experience just kind of really shook her awake. Yes, exactly. She's she's woke now, and, and she realizes the trappings of corporate America and the fact that she committed statutory rape. Uh, that's why I like you most, awesome. <laughs> You're glass half full. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to our uh, let's get to Billy, and then we'll go to our main event for where are they now? Yeah, I think uh, I think Billy kind of I think because we saw how he saw his buddy Josh just rise up the corporate ladder. Yeah. And Billy, Billy's kind of got that little, like, uh, you know, kind of easy come, like, kind of cheat the system a little bit. I see him thinking it's just going to be the kind of same. I see him actually as growing up as being that John Lovitz character that Josh gets <laughs> sure. as his cubicle mate, like, you know, 30 years later or 20 years later or whatever. Yeah. That's where I see a similar career for him. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'll take that. Uh, I, I, I feel eventually like Josh, not to get too much into Josh, but the – the friendship gets fractured. Like you can't have yeah. someone that kind of lived as an adult for that long and still come around right. and want to geek around with like walkie talkies and like, uh, like computer games and everything. I just think. Right. At, at 16, are they buddies anymore? Are yeah, they I, I, yeah, are I don't, they I don't think thieves? so. So that brings us to the yeah. main event. Like let's go Baskins. Cause I got some thoughts on this. Okay. Where's Josh Baskins okay. now? So today he'd be 42, right? That'd be almost 30 years almost. Yeah. Or yeah, it'd be actually 30 years right there. Um, I mean, for sure, Josh has got an affinity for older women, right? So there's, like, no question about it. Like, he's dating, like, a, he's, like, either married or in, like, a long-term, non-committed relationship to, like, a woman that's probably in her in her 60s now at this point. Yeah. Probably stayed, right? Probably probably at a 20-year-old was knocking on the door of, of uh, some 44-year-olds, right? Yeah. So that's where I, that's where I see him relationship-wise. Well, yeah, let, let's remember this also. At the age of 17 or whenever the fuck he feels like getting a job, like – He's going to be the only 17-year-old that has, like, VP of marketing for a major toy company. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's, that happened. Like, he has, that, he has that job experience. If someone calls him and they're just like, hey, they would freak the fuck out if they actually saw him. Like, but they'd just be right. like, yes, like, he did Josh Bass. I did have a problem with the social security number because he gave the locker combination, which would be, you know, six digits. And then he was like, uh, you're, you don't have enough digits. And then he says two more, which is his age 12, which is still only right. eight digits. And the social security number is like nine digits. So eventually like that would have to come to play. Right. And that, and that guy is that guy, that interviewer is totally checked out. Um, but let's talk about jo- going back to Josh. Like what kind of charisma does this dude have? Like the swag after he's got a little stank on the hang down. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> uh, yeah. 12 years old, just kind of cock of the walk. Yeah. I th- First off, we know this in the beginning from oh, what's her name? Cynthia? Cynthia Benson. Cynthia Benson is older. Yeah. First off, she's also kind of seeing a sixteen year old, which right. Cynthia Benson's parents like need to step in there and kinda, hey, come on. Absolutely. This girl's like maybe twelve, thirteen, getting hit up by a sixteen year old. Yeah. Uh, uh but secondly, she uh, a young Josh has caught her eye. 
Josh Baskins, I'm going to put this out there. I told you to tech, big dick energy. Josh Baskins, big dick energy. He's got that BDE, which is going to serve him well. Like, I just, here's my big closing conclusion on Josh Baskins. Like, if okay. you, it's, it's like you got to go behind enemy lines. Like, if you got a little taste of what the real world's like, and then you come back with that information, it's going to change right. the rest of your life. Like, he's not going to fuck around in high school. He's not going to fuck around in college. Like, he, know, he knows what the score is. Like, he's got, he's got like that that thousand yard plan that he's going to implement. Like he's going to be crushing it on all angles, business, right. like, he, play, like he sits, he sits mom and dad Baskins down and goes, yeah. mom and dad, I'm not going to college. I'm going to the real world. Yeah. They're like, no, but we saved. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going right into it. Cause there's nothing that college is going to teach me now. Nope. I'm a man of the world. Yeah. He's got like, he's shark tank. He's getting investors. That's what he is. Like, like he's, he's rich. He's doing well just because of this little machine. And he couldn't get on a fucking roller coaster. Guys, that has been <laughs> MAB date night covering big. Oh, it's a good time, Ooh. brother. Uh, how many air horns? You ready? We're going to start at the same time. Count them down in three, two, one. Oh, oh my God. If I had five. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, guys, we're working out the kinks. Oh. Relax. Uh, do you want to spend a time? The air horns yeah. are a little, little They're tough. Soft. They're tough. They're soft. tough. Yeah, maybe if we get in the same room someday and do these podcasts. Uh, okay, well, that brings us to uh, our next segment, and she just showed up in studio. Woo! Let's put her on the pod. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. But she always knows her place. She's got style, she's got grace. She's a winner. She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's All right, a lady. we have Callie Gilman in here with the studio Hello. today. This is our first, our first female guest. How does is that? Is that nerve wracking? I'm super nervous and super excited. Are you really nervous? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm pumped. You guys are awesome, and I've listened to every episode. Really? People do say. Oh, look at that. People yeah. say we get a little broy. You find that sometimes. I mean, yeah, but there's heart to it, so. Okay, so what's uh, what's your story? Like, we went to KU together. We did. Uh, theater department. You moved to New York to get kind of your uh, theater acting game on. Yeah. Right? How's, how's it going? It's going very well. Okay. Yeah, I just shot a short film last weekend. I'm in a play that's going to Rome in January. It's Ooh, a good... Yeah. Nice. Why? Because uh, so there's a lot. It seems like the support system out here for just kind of the KU acting folk is uh, pretty good. Why choose New York over LA? Was there a decision for that? Did you decide? I mean, New York is more badass than LA. Okay, that yeah. is true, and well, I'm pretty sure they all agree with us. <laughs> they do. Was that ever a choice though? Were you ever thinking like maybe I'll do LA, or was it always just going to be like New York? No, when I moved here, I was a little fat, and I really didn't want to be a fat in LA. So. Okay. So <laughs> coming at you. Look at that. Dropping a hot take. That, that will break it. LA's rough. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. But New York is more badass. I get... I, New York is pretty great. Yeah. Okay, so what's, what's the typical... Like, so obviously, while you're kind of pursuing the acting, you kind of have to keep, you know, keep some sort of income coming in as yeah. you're pursuing it. Like, what kind survival of keeps you going? Survival jobs, as we call like, it. What's that? Survival jobs, as we call it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting tables. Okay. Rockstar. There you go. <laughs> do what you got to do. Uh, so we are going to jump into a little fantasy football mm-hmm. talk. How long have you been playing fantasy football? Um, it'll be, I guess this is my is it fourth year or fifth year. So my first year, I actually, I wanted to brag a little bit. 
Um, my very first year playing fantasy football, I went 10-1 and one in my first, um, until Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Okay. Yeah, my f very first team was Aaron Rodgers, DeMarco Murray, Antonio Brown. Uh, it was... Something what kind of league did you draft all this? That's, <laughs> I was going to say. That would be pretty insane, right? Yeah. It was the 2000s. She's like, well, to be to be fair, I was in a league with just me and my myself. That was it. Oh, I was no. just drafting all my teams. I joined professionals. I joined Ooh. some people who'd been playing for a long time. So So what got you into fantasy football? Uh, my boyfriend and I wanted to share a hobby. And it seemed like fun. And Man, I think he won that game. <laughs> well, <laughs> I win every like, year when I beat him. My boyfriend and I want to share a hobby. It's just like, and now we do ballroom dancing together. Shout out to Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're in this cooking class. It's exciting. <laughs> well, listen, this is what I tell women all the time who don't play fantasy football is that once you start playing, you have an investment in the sport. The sport itself is fun as fuck. And once you watch it every Sunday, you get to know the teams, you get to know the players. It's really fun. And when you have an, you know, a stake in it, it's, it's a blast. And it's fun to like, you know, talk shit to people. And... Yeah, so you don't mind like talking shit. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, let's call it like, obviously there is a higher number of men playing fantasy football than women. I mean, do you, does it feel like exclusive? Like, is there too much like shit talking or do you kind of enjoy being in that atmosphere? No, I like shit talking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> enjoy it. And that's a good thing too, because the, the, the number one rule of shit talking is like, you can't take it personal. It's gotta be fun and funny and you gotta have kind of a good spirit about it, right? Yeah. So it's like, why, it, that's the fun, that's the most fun I think of our league's brandana is just the shit talking as the commiserating of, of everyone and, and busting each other's chops. Yeah, it's part of it. I don't think no matter what you've done in fantasy football, I don't believe I've ever received any sort of compliment. There's no bit like no matter if you've done something right or not, no one's ever been Have like nice play. It's more of like waiting for the other shoe to drop to be like, hey, dumb fuck, and it's just like shit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 Callie's right. Have you earned a compliment, Brandana? I don't. I don't know if you have. Oh, you guys team it up on me. That's what this is about. I'll separate you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, earn no. a compliment and we'll give you one. Exactly. Look at that. Somehow talking about compliments turned into a burn. See, that's what that's the fantasy football spirit. That's what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Uh, okay, so what's your strategy going into this year? So this is going to be around your fourth year, mm -hmm. 2018. Uh, you guys do, is it Dynasty? Is it PPR? So I'm in the league that I started in four years ago, and that's a standard clean draft every year. No um, keepers, no shit. Like no keepers, no shit. Nope. Okay. Um, and I was lucky enough to be accepted into the really cool league this year. Right. Uh, Brandana helped me to film the most video. badass video. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, so we're having a destination draft in Lake Tahoe in two weeks, two and a half weeks. Destination draft, I Ooh. like that. Ooh, look I at like that in-person destination. Yeah. High roller. Super oh. high roller. Are you going to do the draft uh, like live? Just yeah. Just kind of manually? Like mm -hmm. not even we're on We're going to do it live. Um, we have stickers. to FaceTime one person in on okay. that. But, um, but it's a dynasty draft, so I've inherited most of a team. And this is the first time that I've done that. So I really have to buckle down and decide who I'm going to keep, who I'm going to cut. How many people are you keeping? Um, keeping eight, I think. Keeping eight for like a 16-man like a roster? Yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's tough. Um, but I've learned lessons in the past every year. Um, I was really obsessed with getting a quarterback early on in the past, and yeah. I've Mistake. learned... You know, mistake. Yeah, doesn't need to be that way. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a strategy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, a strategy. A bad one. It's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So I'm just I'm looking. I have to figure out who other people in this dynasty league are dropping. So sure. yeah, yeah, I gotta comb through those teams. So so tell me, what do you think uh, after f f four years of fantasy football now heading into five fantasy football 
luck or skill? What's the more significant impact to your season? Luck. It's definitely luck. You can get, I mean, look at that, that first team that I drafted and it's, it's going swimmingly the whole season and then bad luck sure. hits and it, you know, it all goes to shit. Yeah, I mean, give me wide receiver number one, quarterback number one, and running back number three. I'll have a swimming season as well. I got to meet these people <laughs> that you're playing this league against. Uh, great. Okay, well, we're going to jump into, I'm sure you're familiar with the Neapolitan Showdown. I am. We are discussing worst people in restaurants. Would you like to bring us to that jam? Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. All right, Neapolitan Showdown, talking worst people in restaurants. We have Callie Gilman with us in the studio today. She's going to be kind enough to judge this. I know Most Awesome gets very excited when someone else gets yes. to judge because... Yes, because I need you to keep Brandana awesome, too. If you if you listened to last week, okay. typically the All winner's right. supposed to keep take the ball out every time. Do you notice at, 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 at number two, Brandana, you then threw it back on me to drop it? You get a little unfair advantage there, bro. I, don't, I just want <laughs> you to keep bro. it on. I'm fair, bro. I think the reason I did that is because... You went up early, so I was just going on current scoreboard. It's kind of like whoever sure, had the highest Sure, sure. Okay, okay. Just, <laughs> okay, keep, just right. keep moving the goalposts okay. on this. All right. Well, I have a two-peat under my belt, and I'm rocking for that never-once-happened three-peat. The elusive three-peat. Oh, man. I this like is – uh, okay. and we got to judge this. Okay. Can I ask, though – oh, did you say the topic of this yet? Uh, I did. This is right up your alley. You can jump in Yeah, there. I'm a this professional right here. I'll switch so. this for you, yeah. Uh, most awesome. I would like to know: Have you ever waited tables? I have actually. Yes, right. I've, I've been a I've been a host and a server. Ah, yep. All right, great. So you're that's good. So we're all going to have a little bit more of a deeper dive on this because it's not like oh the person that like cuts their food too loud and scrapes on the plate like <laughs> you ain't getting off that easy. It's going to be <laughs> right, legit. Exactly. All right, uh, I will. Okay. I will take the ball out because I have to. I'm going with um, loud business guys in the cocktail section hitting on the hostess. Uh, it's the first thing you see when you walk in. It's gross. It's sad. It's loud. And like you feel like you got to do something. Like you got to be a hero. Like that little host is there. Like they can't just walk out. It's not like some guy hitting a bar. Like she's employed there. So she kind of has to walk through this section over and over. And I'm not trying to warm up to our female like service industry sure. actress friend over here. Well, guys could be hosts. I just told you that, Brandana. All right. <laughs> That's my so it could be a guy too. I, I feel for whoever's trapped in that scenario. Exactly. Like just like I, look, I've been hit on businessmen too. I'm just trying to say I it's, feel it's, you, it's all equal. Okay. Right, right now, right. I like that shirt. What's really I, rough about that one is that usually hosts are a little bit younger than the serving staff, mm -hmm. yeah. and so when they're doing it, it's you know gals who haven't been in the industry that long and they yeah. don't know how to do it. It's a little it. reverse, little big without the actual big <laughs> happening. Like it's, right. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's a bummer, and it's that. So, yeah, that's, uh, I'm fucking over that. Good start. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, – that's a nice three. I'm going to go with my number three. I'm going to go with that table that m at a drop of a hat will make the scene to call the manager over. Either it took you know eight minutes too long for their meal to come out or the margarita that I got is, uh, is the worst margarita I've ever had. <laughs> and basically every table around them becomes hyper aware of their – 
issues that they're having, yeah. right? So that table that brings that manager over just at the drop of a hat. They haven't even been sitting down there for 25 minutes and they're already calling the manager over. Mm -hmm. most, uh, most important meal they've ever had and it has to be absolutely perfect. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The, dining at uh, uh, this TGI Fridays is, is the yeah. experience of the week for us <laughs> and now it's been sullied by the server. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How do you score, Cal? Ooh, it's tough. It's tough. I agree with both of you. I think you're starting pretty low, though. There are some. I hope this goes up high because there are. Yeah, you know how the Neapolitan Neapolitan showdown works. Relax. This is the open. Relax. We need you to score. We're looking for notes. We see you score. I think I'm going to say because we're starting low. I'm going to give the point to Brandana. First step in the restaurant, host stand, and his compassion for the. Poor young hostess. All right, we'll take it. But I feel you. Uh, thank you. Uh, makes complete sense, and I'm in complete agreement. Most yeah. awesome, I will kind of – I'm going to roll off a little bit of what you said about the manager quick to the table. I'm going to do the the guy that holds up his hand to stop anyone. Oh. Like it doesn't matter if you're like – if you're the fucking like busboy, <laughs> if, you're, if you're the host, if you work at the restaurant across the street and just happen to be wearing like a vest. Like they'll just stop you to let you know like an update on where their food is at, like – that, right. And the people that take it as far as like shouting and like the kind of the arm in the air is the signal. Like you kind of see that happening and it's just like, motherfucker, like you either have to like I've been in shit show places before and you either have to accept the fact that, you know, someone in there knows what's going on. If you've checked in somewhere and just trust the process or if you don't trust the process, right. then go to a different fucking restaurant. But like you have to there right. is there is an order to things. There is like you stopping them just slows down what are they trying to do now and then it'll get you to later. And it's just like it's this sociopathic, I'm the center of the fucking universe energy that just destroys the whole thing. And you're so loud about it, like everyone in know in there knows it's just like, Oh, you're a fucking asshole. Copy that. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. And the hand up hand could up. also be cemented with a little finger snap too. Seen that guy, yep. the finger snap guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that guy's the second cousin to the the guy, the table that runs the server's ass off every single time. Like, hey, can I get some ketchup? And then they come back. Oh, I need a little side dish plate. Yeah, you, you know, the been, guy that runs been, the server you've been back and you've forth. You've been feeding yourself for 34 years. Uh, you know how you take your cheeseburger by now. Is there like, anything right. else I can get you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we're good. Right. Come back. I need a right. snap. Exactly. I need a, a plate. I need a ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, and those 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 guys, I I see right where you're coming from. Those guys are are, are right there, Brandon. So I'm gonna go. Fuck faces, what we call. <laughs> fuck yeah. faces. I'm, I'm get a little. I'm, I'm get a little uh, serving bartender PTSD. Brother. I don't know if you can tell. Like I'm like I'm back <laughs> in the right. war zone. I'm just like oh man. <laughs> The chills are coming through. Like I, I just hear you so, ask like one of the daughters for like a glass for your beard, and I'm just like, oh, you get it yourself, motherfucker. Like I'm just like I'm <laughs> right, freaking right. out. It lasts. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go with a number two, and this is a nuclear bomb uh, for the Neapolitan showdown. We've all been there, we've all seen it, and and I probably of this room, I don't know Callie, I don't know if you have kids or not, but no. I have. Okay, <laughs> that's a hard that's a hard pass right there. Uh, so. The, the unruly kids table, the parents with the unruly kids table mm -hmm. where the kids are. And I've been and I and I, in fact, I was actually just that parent not too long ago where uh, I could not keep a rein on young commission at 2.0. But I, I, I want to separate myself from that because these I'm, I'm really talking about the parents that are checked out. You know, they're on their phones. They're not paying attention to kids at all. And these kids are just running amok. They're in there. They're they're they're. They're down the hall, the, the alleyway, the, the server alleyway from the kitchen. You know what I'm <laughs> like, talking about, alleyway. It's just like thought, they're just in the walkway. I thought you meant like legit alleyway, like they're shooting craps outside. Like <laughs> yes. That'd be better than expecting me to babysit. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly right. Exactly yes. And uh, and my kids know how to throw dice too. Okay. <laughs> Let's just be clear about this. Uncle Bridget so, taught um, them, I'm sure. Right. It, well, yeah. Listening to this podcast. Um, so yeah, the the checked out parents who just let their kids roll over. And or who climb up on the booth and then reach over into the other, you know, in the other table, right? It's cute for a little bit, but after the the, the 35th minute of it, it's like, all right, fucking put a leash on this kid. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my number two. I remember you bring that up in the uh, the airplane thing. So there is a little bit of you just kind of like watching something and slapping a new label on it and like entering it into the contest, which I will take. I did stay away also, though, because I wanted to give... Don't, don't look at me like that. I don't like when you tilt your head. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I didn't say he, here's the thing with that yeah. or whatever you call me out on for. If, no, it was no, it was like you remember the kids like kicking the back of the seat and there's a checked out parent. Like you don't like the checked out parent. And I think because you run you run a tight ship in the most awesome household. So when you kind of see that, I, and, right. it gets a, and where like I can't call it out because like I don't have kids. So I feel like I'd be attacking you. I'm just like, you know, the, the kids have to eat. I don't know if I can tell the difference between you like, attack me every every Neapolitan showdown. Not about your it's okay. No. Neapolitan showdown comes between us. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I can tell the difference between a uh, checked out parent that doesn't give a shit and just like kind of kids will be kids and kind of be unruly sometimes. You know, like is, is there like a second where you just kind of can't like get them rain under control? Yeah, and I and that was that was my Thursday night where I could not keep Kamisha at two point from sitting in her chair. Yeah. It was just a fuck man i'm just gonna kind of like i will keep it but here's the thing is the difference is, is i keep an eye and i'm you know i got my head on a swivel basically in the restaurant yeah i'm trying to eat shovel the food in as quickly as possible but if, it, if somebody comes walking through i'm snatching commission 2.0 up putting her back in the seat and eventually she's gonna crawl back out yeah but at that at that moment in time it's i feel you like, so it, you're, it is yeah, it you're, is, so i get it so you're not calling out just like the loud kids or the cranky kids like that's gonna happen like kids are gonna be loud kids are gonna cry you're just like the parents that are just let it happen or checked out or not making that their priority when they have to do that. Exactly. Right. Yes. So you're right. I, I didn't realize that I had a theme, but yeah, that is a theme. <laughs> it is that's, a, what, that's what MAMA parenting tips is all about. It is right? brother. It's because you're dying on my father. Boom. Mark it up. Compliment. I'll take <laughs> one every once in a while. Exactly. Bonus points. Kelly. Shoot a compliment <laughs> over this way. If you don't how, mind. How say you young, young Callie, how say you? Um, well, those are both really good round two. And I agree so hard. Um, but I will say I had brandanas on my list for this, um, but oh. yours with the kid, I think I'm going to give it to you. I think I, I, think I have to. It's, it really is the, the checked out parents who let their kids run around a restaurant where there are hot plates, full trays, and a server you're going to tip 15% not to babysit <laughs> your kid. I right. didn't bring my kids right. to this fucking restaurant. Back off. Right. Exactly. Wise and just is Callie. Wise right. and just. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, number three, we got a dead heat uh, theme mm. of the Neapolitan showdown when you have two brainiacs like these going head to head. Coming into the last one, uh, I will take the ball out since I'm on the precipice of my 3P. Um, there you go, big dog. Here's a motherfucker I'm talking about. Okay. And this motherfucker is part of your party which makes it a problem so i'm going a little civil war Uh-oh. the guy that splits the check down to the fucking refilled <sighs> soda mm. it's like i'd rather buy your shit motherfucker <laughs> than watch you with a pen circling and doing taxes like adding the taxes on your phone with your calculator and then asking like it's 3114 uo with your fuck because you know that motherfucker's tipping eight percent if he's even tipping at all 
and he's putting his cash down and he's walking away and acting like no one's the wiser. Fuck that guy. I don't, you know, most awesome. I'm also not bragging. Callie has seen this also, like I'm sure. Just in situations like six, seven, I'll just pick up the entire fucking tap. Like, and it's not like, and I just like rather do that than watch someone like circle some, like as soon as just like, ooh, like how many side dishes yeah. do I have? How many side dishes are included? Did I eat any of those mashed yeah. potatoes? It's just like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, uh, Yes, I, I had that scenario. I had it a little bit differently uh, for my consolation bracket where it's the, the table, the birthday party of the 20-somethings who just now have started to make a little bit of money. Right. Then I'll go to dinner and that check becomes – because you go to a nicer restaurant, probably the nicer than you should probably go to. Yep. And now the check becomes like calculus. Oh, right? oh, yeah. Everyone's trying to factor it in. And takes, like I only had – It takes longer than the I meal. Only had, yeah. Yes. Oh, it takes longer than me. And it, it becomes this kind of like roulette wheel of like whoever's holding that checkbook last now gets stiff. Like, well, fuck, my my order now just became $57 because yep. everyone can't pony up. Yep. Yeah. Everyone conveniently so, forgets to add in like tax and just like 20% tip. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. like, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't touch that calamari, so I'm not going to worry about that. And apparently no one right. touched the empty bowl of fucking calamari, you cheap <laughs> motherfuckers. Right. right. Exactly. And listen, Look, did we- I only had. Did we all have about the same amount? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. like, split our, it equally. We're probably yeah. going to have dinner again sometime together. It's all going to come out in the wash, yeah. exactly. Let's right. Like, and, take and, people and, that so, like have food addiction problems or like anorexia, then we're all just going to assume we're kind of right there, that gray area <laughs> right. together. Right, right. I think that that yeah, that check is like a, a hallmark of like where you are in your life, right? Because the, the, if you're if you're really struggling, you're gonna you're gonna needle that for every little red cent that you can. When you get to brand Anna baller stage, you're like, oh, no. I'm just buying. <laughs> I, it. Let's just, pick this up. I'm just saying, like, if you're really, and it's also uh, a lot of these have come up from, and I know uh, regular listen champion can talk about this. It's that thing we have, uh, like, also seven drinks, and you become a millionaire. Like, <laughs> you just like all of a sudden you drink it up. You're just like, oh, I'm fucking rich. Like, money don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, right. I'll figure out exactly. rent. <laughs> it's a good reason like, to be friends yeah, with right. Brandana. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to offend our 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 guest here. Not but a great I'm start. Go with, with my with with my number one. But this because I know she's not this person. But I know this gives this person gives her profession a a, a a a black eye, if you will. I'm going to go with the server who doesn't know what's on the menu, right? When you have questions about, hey, what would you recommend or what, what, what can I, what's good here? This is my first time here. Look, if I go to a restaurant this, and it's a new restaurant, this is your one audition, right? This is your one opportunity to show me what you got. So I'm going to rely on you, the server, to tell me what's on the menu, what's good, what's recommended. And also, too, if you just are the server that then just recommends the most expensive item, Right, the 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 yeah. the ninety seven surfing ninety seven dollars yeah. surfing turf, the market value. Yeah. Then come <laughs> the on, bro. Like, look, you know what I mean. Like, let's be fair. I like the transparent be side of like, it. what do you recommend? Is just like, oh, the uh, the sixty seven dollar item. It's just like, what does that item have a name? <laughs> just like calling <laughs> right, exactly. it by its dollar value. Let me give you a little <laughs> suggestion. And when you're doing this, I think a great wording that I use when I go to restaurants is, "What is your favorite thing on the menu?" because servers have tasted everything. So they're not just gonna tell you what's the most popular or the most expensive. They're gonna say what is consistently the best item on the menu, like their favorite thing. Yeah, in the perfect world, right. But if it's it's just the one that the server that's just trying to to gold rush you, then I'm I'm gonna smell it out. I'm gonna snuff it out. It's like my favorite thing on the menu is to get a Chipotle burrito delivered during my break. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right, before we, 
part ways because this is going to start bitterness, but we leave it all behind after the score is dropped on the table. Leave it on the court. Uh, Kelly, right. Kelly, can you give That's us right. a little acapella air horn, please? That's adorable. It's like a little, like a cat doing can like a little acapella. What's that? Can I try again? Please, you can try oh, that, all. That was perfect. Try no, all you don't Yo, that was perfect. <laughs> I just, I just so want more of that on that. the actual recording. Uh, great, Kelly. All right, let's uh, let's score this. I just got a new ringtone for my phone, by the way. <laughs> 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 it sounds like like a lightsaber. Okay, but, uh, who's hand over this winning? What do you got? Um, I appreciate both of your uh, top three. You're great. You're we'll awesome. We'll still both be your friends. Yeah. Most awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But much like picking up the check, Brandana's gonna pick up a three P. Oh, <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I said she's wise and just. That was yeah. That, I take it. That back. was a good one. Oh, real fast. Have you guys ever heard of credit card roulette? Yeah. Yes. I don't uh, want to play. I've done it a few times. That's a blast. It's like that's like we're mixing the best of both worlds right like eating at a restaurant and gambling <laughs> just like put yeah. all the cards up there for <laughs> listeners who don't know uh there's this like one option you can do when going out to dinner and it will eliminate the problem of people circling side dishes it's just that when the check comes everyone throws their credit card into a hat and then you draw a card and whoever's card you draw picks up that entire tab <laughs> oh yeah tons of fun it's good stuff unless you lose the ballers in la yeah. like to play um, that game okay i think Everyone knows what time it is. It's time for Mab About You. Oh, Ooh. our guest's surprise segment Uh-oh. where we rapid fire. Welcome to the Thunderdome, Callie. <laughs> you entered. You had to know something like this was coming. Uh, we fire off 10 questions, rapid fire style, and just kind of get a little feel for our guest. All right, uh, Mab About You. We have Kelly Gilman in the studio with us. Thanks for joining. Uh, all right, let's get through these. Rate this podcast on a scale of one to this podcast, Fox. Orgy. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, an, an orgy has to be <laughs> at least nine or more people, so I give you nine points. There you go. <laughs> um, something you made was our first official sponsor. What was it? Bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. There you go. Served uh, at a baker's dozen, so that's 13 points. Thank you. Who's your favorite movie QB? Obviously, Mox. Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. That was the two-peat that led to the three-peat. You're the starting quarterback now, Mox. Mm. Yeah. I don't want I think... your life. Okay. Uh, was was Mox was Mox seven or four? I don't remember. Was he seven or four? Seventy-four. Seventy-four, and that's the number of points you get. Seventy-four points. Uh, Thank you. I invited you to my auction fantasy football league, and you turned it down. Uh, who the fuck do you think you are? Uh, somebody with <laughs> two leagues already who really wants to win those. All right, all right. Two hundred dollars for auction <laughs> draft. There you go. Uh, okay, you once wrote in asking most awesome to be your dad. Uh, so let's say it may adopts you. What do you get him for Father's Day? Um, a beer of the month club subscription. I like Ooh, it. good I like little it. Father's Day gift. I'm a good gift to give there you go. Twelve months a year at five point two percent alcohol, whatever that is. That's like seventy two. We'll call it good. You're so fucking good at scoring this, brother. All right, uh, listener ATL busted our balls for calling a certain band a one hit wonder. What was that band? Oh, it was the Verve, wasn't it? it God, was. he is the worst. It was. True fan. It was. I don't, have we had it, one? Did anyone go perfect on the map about you? I w- oh, she's 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 rounding third on this one. Um, one point for the one only song that we know 
Uh, it's late night. You're tired. Uh, you get up from bed. You went into the kitchen. Maybe you're sleepwalking a little bit. You open up the cabinet. What's your favorite flavor of Fancy Feast? <laughs> oh, first, I hate you. And second, um, tuna, I think. Tuna. What's it? That was a uh, that was a perfect answer. I give you a meowsin points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to talk about that. All right. Um, what is the worst thing about Aaron Rodgers besides his face, attitude, demeanor, and football talents? Collarbone. His collarbone? Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know what only takes – did you know this? It only takes eight pounds of pressure to break a collarbone. Uh, I did. Are you going to give her eight points, bro? Exactly. Eight pounds. <laughs> eight, eight pounds, pounds of a Viking. <laughs> We're in British currency now. Fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh. Okay, so um, last week we objectified a female soccer player. Objectify a male athlete for us. Who's the hottest male athlete out there? Uh, oh, I would say Aaron Rodgers, but I think I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. Go Chiefs. Travis Kelsey. Good looking mm. dude. He is All a good right. looking good dude. Good looking dude. All right. Uh, Travis Kelsey is not as good looking as Tom Brady. TB12. So I'm going to give you 12 points for that one. May I just say, I T don't think Tom Brady needs more accolades. But it's so. also TB has like a, no offense, he gets his job done, but it's just like, if we're talking attractiveness, he's like a little, like a little flat bod. Like not even dad bod, it's a little flat bod. Yeah, that's all right. I'm just oh. talking about the moneymaker, just all right up in here. Oh, just don't, don't. Just face don't, pieces? Don't call out dad bods, bro. Right. <laughs> I'm not, I said flat bod. I like, you know, I like your body. Flat bod. Okay. All right. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. I'm objectifying you, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's important to stay in shape and work out. Uh, how many times a week do you twerk it? Oh, seven days a week, baby. I don't, so what's there you go. So what's the start? Like music just comes, comes on and you can't, is it involuntary or is it voluntary? It's like, you know me or something. It is involuntary. I have the music in my soul and my ass won't quit. Well, it may be podcast does their homework. Uh, what's your final score that you have for it, brother? I'm telling you, after that answer, I, uh, I'm a little shook, so I'm going <laughs> to look at this. We've got – you've won a T-shirt, Callie. Congratulations. <laughs> oh. I'm so excited. Oh, man. We will As if this day could not get any fans. better. Uh, exactly. All right. We are up against it. Do you want to say we're up against it? Yeah, I do. We are up against it, as we always are. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. Have to take us to that gambling jam. Take us to that gambling jam. Brandana Gambling Corner. Uh, we're talking NFL football pools. I'm going to fly through some stuff. Uh, we have Callie Gilman in studio with us. She is five years deep into fantasy football and loving it. I'm going to talk about uh, a few other options out there. Uh, and M.A., my pop partner, jump in there with anything you got. Uh, you got it. I'm going to kick off with, uh, pun intended, Ew, kick off. Man, I can't wait for the fucking season I know, to start. I'm so excited. I know. So fucking close. We're so fun. Like once the season zone? starts, like I can wait for Thanksgiving. I can everything can take its time. Absolutely. But I just need it here now. All right, that's a little plug for the National Football League because mm -hmm. they need it. There you go. Um, a future sponsor. A future sponsor. <laughs> can guess. Uh, okay, so 
Fantasy football. Um, everyone kind of, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a sports fan, you know a little bit about fantasy football, the different leagues out there. The one I will talk about real quick gambling-wise is uh, there's the new best ball out there, which I think what you can do with this is this, if you love fantasy football, you don't necessarily love the kind of the daily fantasy football that you can do. This basically, you just draft one lineup and then you... It's like romp appeal. Like you set it and forget it. Like you walk away. It's that rotisserie chicken. Like it's just basically, it's going to let the games play out and then it's just going to put your best lineup and score the points. So it does remove uh, part of just kind of that question on you having to start people and the people you draft, the 16 players you draft, you're stuck with. Uh, for me, it, it removes a little bit if there is skill to it. I think it, it makes it a little bit more luck-based. But if you wanted... Uh, to add like that third or fourth fantasy team with like a group of guys, but you're just like, I don't really have time to do another one. This might be a good option. You heard about this, Emma? Uh, so this is different. This is subtly different than daily fantasy sports then? Is that what is it? It is. Yeah. You yeah. Just, it's a new, pick- yeah. It's a new fantasy football setting where it's just best ball. You just draft, you draft a team and that's, that's just your roster and it's your roster all year long. And it's still the same thing. Like you still, you still have a record at the end of the season. Teams will still go to playoffs. So no trades, no pickups, no drop, like nothing. Nothing. Oh. Right, and and you guys are all picking out of the same pool of players, right? Or can can multiple teams have? Yeah, this Aaron would this Rogers, would just say. this would just be like a regular like snake draft. You snake draft it. Gotcha. You have a team, and then that's just your team for the season. So you know you just gotcha. you just check in on it. You, there's nothing you can do. Like the computer automatically sets your top scoring player. So if Aaron Rodgers goes out quarter one, only scored like four points, and you had like Tyrod Taylor, and he scored like you know like right. fifteen, then Tyrod, you get those Tyrod Taylor points. Yeah, and I think this is for the fantasy player on the go, right? I mean, somebody fantasy who doesn't have a lot of time, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. like doesn't have a lot of time to spend on it. So, yeah. you know, I, I like it. It, it. it serves a niche. If you have that, hey, I just want to be in more leagues. If you're a volume fantasy player, this is the this is the league for you. Just get good over it. The fantasy player on the go. Yeah, you know, you're grabbing that <laughs> grabbing that go-gurt. Like, you're just like, you ain't got time. Like, you're busy. This is fantasy player on the go. Like, exactly. Give me my, yeah, those give me my healthy league. shake in the morning. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I, w- I will jump into uh, the daily fantasy sports now with the DraftKings, with the FanDuel. Um, the big hesitation, I always think I'm going to get more into this than I do. And the hesitation with it, so right. uh, for those of you who haven't been exposed to it, I, it was a big step forward in getting gambling legalized. I think it was that conversation that FanDuel started that if betting on like players on fantasy sports was an actual skill or if it was just straight like like odds like roll like toss the dice like gambling mm-hmm. and it kind of went to the skill and then you know i don't think it's any coincidence two years later we saw like what if 20 states like legalized gambling big thing on this like there are rumors out there with the algorithms what used to happen is people that worked for FanDuel would tell uh draft kings you know the percentages of players on rosters and vice versa and they would just bet on the other one based on the knowledge of what they had happening on their side a not big enough notarized scandal than than there it should have been. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like basically insider trading yeah. for the Daily Fantasy League. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, because people still kind of take away from it that it's you know because it is performance based because you know you can't totally predict the outcome. But what you can do is see a percentage of players being drafted in different positions, and then you know you're the one getting to maximize your dollars because you see where right. you can kind of cover all your bases if you have that information. So that's and didn't it come to head and didn't it come to head where one like either FanDuel or DraftKings employee won on the other site's league and won like uh, like a hundred thousand dollars? That's what brought it. Like yeah, that? that's I what mean, brought I, it to head. Yeah, they were just yeah they were switching. Yeah. They were basically taking the information they had from their site and 
you know, law of averages, like, oh, that applies to this other side over here. So like that. Right. Play. So that's why, like, I'm a right. little uh, I won't do like the 10 to 20 people or even like 100 people tournaments. I'm, I don't think you get as much bang for your buck. Uh, if this is something you're interested in, like I said, like I'm a little low on it. I don't do it often. It's not because I'm super paranoid about the algorithm, but there is something there. It's kind of playing on like those poker sites sometimes where you're just like, all right, they know the cards. Like, do I 100% trust it? But uh, I like it for, there are 50-50s. So you can do a 50, like bet 50 bucks and then half the people win, half the people lose. I think that's a, that's a safe way to gamble it if you, if you want to gamble with the lineup that week. And then also, you know, throw, throw a dice or, you know, throw a Hail Mary at like a thousand person league. You're buying it for like 20 bucks, a thousand people are playing and maybe because that lineup is going to take something like crazy and wild to happen. So if you think like, you know, a WR3 on like the Redskins is going to have a huge fucking day for whatever, then just go chalk plug in that wr3 and maybe you you know maybe you can take it down right right yeah and that's one of those ones where and brain dan in our pre-bro we were talking about the guy that drafted like all you know pat you know patriots players and stuff like that like that's where on the daily fantasy leagues you can kind of play with that because i have uh, an anecdotal uh experience where our a friend of the pod had a buddy on major league baseball drafted all like dodgers players and ended up winning a pretty big substantial sum of money just by playing all dodgers all the time so if you're kind of you're in that it's not a suggested play i wouldn't say doing it all the time but for the fun and just kind of the spinning the wheel it's it's a prime uh application for it or if you feel very high on the the vikes or the chiefs one week you're like ah i'll just play all these guys and you know go from there i will say i think that takes a little bit more um, skill and like knowledge of that week's game, that week's lineup, sure. rather than this whole season, you know, the draft and then following and making sure your team is, is up to snuff every week. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because you're basically calling your shot each week, right. right? Looking at what is the best matchup per value for that that dollar amount for that player. Yeah. So I would say if you if this is something you're really into, if you're really a gambler, then dig deep, uh, figure it out, and do it. And then if you're just looking to fuck around a little bit, then just kind of do those Hail Mary tournaments or the 50-50s. Uh, another thing you can get into is a survivor pool. Uh, most awesome knows I'm a big fan of this. Uh, Callie yeah. and Kale were in the one I hosted last year. Uh, it's basically, real quick, you pick one team each week. They simply have to win. And then if they win, you advance. You can't pick the same team twice. Uh, it's... And it's fun. Like the strategy coming out of the gate on this is you'll see a lot of people try to get cute and it's just the temptation to, you know, cause you want, you know, you want that Patriots team. You want that, you know, right. that Packers team typically, like you want kind of those teams that have a really good home showing, like even the chiefs, you know, you want to hold those off till, till the end, but you got to make sure you can kind of get through your matchup. My tips, I don't like to say out loud, but I'm dedicated to this pod and I'll do anything for it. Uh, <laughs> you want to look at, uh, you want home teams. Uh, and you want to you want to avoid kind of division rivals would be the smartest play you can do on that. Sure. And are, are you a big fan of the week one or the week two buyback if you lost? Ab- absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you want to if you can find one of those and then just go fucking nuts. Go for a coin flip uh, on your first one, a team that you're never going to pick down the road. Like I haven't looked right. at all the schedules right now, but uh, just, like I, I don't know if you could get like a. 
uh, like a Redskins at home, just kind of like a, like a middling, t- maybe like a Raiders at home out out of week one, and just kind of get that win locked in, and then save your kind of premier right. teams for later. Because if you're at, if you're at week nine and and the Redskins looking like the best team that you've got out there, you're gonna be you're gonna be sweating that 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 pot. Yeah, yeah. That's... Might as well jump on it early. Oh yeah, fucking avoid the Thursday games also. I forgot to say that. And oh, make sure yeah. when you sign up for these leagues, yes. you know your rules because sometimes you have to get your pick in before those Thursday games. Uh, some yes. some are only if you pick that Thursday game that will be off the table. But make make sure you know that uh, with the next thing we're getting into. We could do a whole emergency pod on Thursday games, Brandana. I, I, I despise them as a fantasy player and as a fan of the sport. I'm going to put it out there. Hot take. Thursday games blow. I think you're in good company. I think lots of people hate Thursday games. The players don't have enough time to recover. Yep. It's Yeah, it's sloppy. It's just for ratings. Yeah, it's I thought it was going to be really good. So, guys, why don't you uh, email us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com and let us know if you want us to hop in on that emergency pod on Thursday games. Uh, we'd love to break it down. And also, any feedback or questions you have about these pools and the people you hate the most in restaurants. Uh, all right, uh, two more things <laughs> I want to hit right here. There's the wind pool, which Bill Simmons seems to kind of have perfected, which is a new thing on my radar, which I haven't done. It's basically 10 players. Uh, they draft it's draft teams. It's not like a snake draft. It's like kind of a matrix draft, which is supposed to kind of balance it out. Each person gets three teams, just have 10 people buying for 100 bucks, and then the person that ends the year with the most wins wins that pool. What do you think? Fun. I like it. You want to do that this year, Most Awesome? Oh. Fuck, why not? I am. Who cares, You know, bro? I am. I am host. I'm going to plug. I'm, this I'm like you. I'm like you with the dinner table. Like, like, let, let let's all summer's go. Summer come. Let's, <laughs> do let's do it. I'm buying. I'm rich. Everybody. I'm rich. Uh, and the last thing I'll talk about is a pick'em league, which rolls into a super contest. The pick'em league is you simply pick against the spread or not against the spread. There should be a weekly payout and then uh, also a payout for the champion uh, at the end. And the big thing, uh, root your boy Brandana on. Uh, this year, I am entering the super contest. Ooh. That is a Westgate Resorts in Las Vegas, uh, $1,500 entry fee. You pick five games against the spread each week. Last year, the right. winner took home $1.3 million. Holy shit. Exactly. There are 2,748 the, entries. This is the World Series of Poker for exactly. NFL lines right here, yep. my man. Oh, I fucking believe in you. All, He's all growns up and he's all growns up. I'm fucking doing it. Uh, so, guys, uh, I am hosting a survivor pool. I will be hosting a win pool also. You guys can join those. Just email us again at mabsports, the sports plural, at gmail.com. We are so up against it, but what a rich pod. <laughs> Listeners. Dynamite pod. Dynamite, yeah. if I may say. Now you guys are using diamond all the time. It's like I'm losing my word here. I listen I to, to it do. every week. Thanks for that. Uh, all right, Kelly, your MVP of the week. Who you got? All right, so I wanted to, much like most awesome, I had um, my my in parentheses. Um, was that Commish 2.0 that popped into last week's podcast or Commish? Commishette. Uh, oh, that was Commishette. Yes, yeah, so that was my. Yeah. That was that, that was Charlotte. So, yeah, that was the four-year-old. A little bit, a little bit of a love for that little MVP there. Um, but yeah, I think we have no choice but to give these, this week's MVP to LeBron James. Obviously, no other choice. Did the right thing, yeah. showed the world what generosity can do. Um, you know, say what you will about him and his, you know, his demeanor and whatever. Um, but that was the most generous fucking thing I've ever seen. And uh, rich people should take fucking note. It was amazing, right? Sure. It's a good MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Almost on my list. Yeah, he, 
Yeah, he, uh, uh, just for those that don't know, started a school, the I Promise Academy, where he's got free tuition, uh, free bikes, free breakfast, lunches. Also has, uh, I believe, for anyone that graduates, tuition to University of Akron. Yep. So he's really paying it forward. So super commendable. Uh, sidebar note, uh, uh, most awesome and Ms. Dr. Mrs. The Commission will be moving to Akron, Ohio. So, because I'm trying to get that sweet payout for tuition. <laughs> it's not cheap, guys. Uh, my MVP this week is my boy, Randy Moss. Uh, congrats, Randy Moss, <laughs> on getting in the Hall of Fame. The number of times just me in Lawrence, Kansas, eating wings, cheering you on, just drink. Because that's before, like, Sunday ticket, really. Or it was around Sunday ticket, but you couldn't get Sunday ticket at the house. And you just had to go there. Uh, hopefully, I wasn't one of those guys pulling out the check and I was splitting, like, six ways after being there for six hours. I know the Doff was with me there one night. Long story short, like, just sure. so many, like, great plays he brought to Minnesota. Uh, like, like turn it around a little bit. I know he was, like, like a little bit of... Didn't leave on great terms. Kind of had, like, college issues, uh, the parking attendant thing. But I don't, like... Great dude. I'd uh, love to see him announcing. And yeah. Straight cash, homie. Straight I like cash. it. You got an MVP, uh, bro? I, I'm, I, I do. I, and, and both of your MVPs are so commendable. I, I love them both. Uh-oh. But my MVP of the week, I'm going to go with Bryn Cameron's lawyer. Uh, for those of that you don't know who Bryn Cameron is, is she is the uh, ex-fiance of Blake Griffin. Uh, and she is hitting up uh, Blake Griffin for child support. Bryn Cameron's lawyer got her $258,000 a month in child support. That's $3.1 million for the year. He, That person, that lawyer, is my MVP of the week. Wow. Getting that money. Straight cash. Greedy, lawyer. Greedy, greedy. Jesus. That kid better have some fucking amazing hobbies. Yeah, right? A quarter million yes. dollars a month. No wow. kidding. Uh, great. All right. Well, uh, let's... Close this motherfucker down. You got a tale from the frat for us, Kelly. I do. I do. I have a tale from the frat. Um, it can't really be considered the frat because it's with the ladies also in L.A. around the same time as the frat. Um, did it have a name? Did it have a name? No. Oh, it wasn't? I thought it had a nickname. All right. <laughs> no. Not everybody was, was so wise and mature to name okay. their home. I thought I heard badge pads being kicked around. <laughs> I mean, maybe now. We're <laughs> 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 wise and mature now. Um, so... Uh, once upon a time, years ago, when you still lived in L.A., I believe, um, I was visiting the girls, uh, Bow and Arrow, Court Nor, Large Marge, and AP, and we all uh, frequented a little bar called the Brass Monkey in K-Town. Big ups to karaoke night at uh, Brass Monkey. Um, and, you know, had some adult beverages, as you do. Maybe drank a little t- bit too many. And uh, <laughs> uh, poor Bow and Arrow uh, got a little angry followed her then-boyfriend into the men's bathroom to yell at him, um, and subsequent, yeah, <laughs> subsequently got kicked out. And the rest of us, uh, you know, women in solidarity as we are, followed her outside, got our shit together, collected ourselves, and decided we wanted to go back into the Brass Monkey, have some more karaoke fun and more adult beverages. Um, but she was kicked out, so what we decided to do was trick the bouncer by... Um, switching accessories that included two hats our shirts i think we switched (laughs) shoes um maybe a pair of glasses uh all in the hopes that this bouncer would not recognize us from 15 minutes ago yeah uh nice hot take it didn't work 
Yeah. We did not get back <laughs> into the bar. I like I like how also like a, a long line of me being a millionaire, like you go through the thing where it's just like you're a genius and everyone else just has like no short term memory. It's like you come back <laughs> right. and like that bouncer's like, there's no way he'll recognize my face. It's just the hat with this combination of hair yeah. and bangle right. that he's locked in on. <laughs> so this will throw so, him off. Yeah. Right. So you get on my shoulders, we'll throw the overcoat <laughs> on. And I'll just kind of just, you know, waddle in. I thought they were going to weaken at Bernie's it, like just kind of walk it in like she had been. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a hoot, and it did not work. So uh, heads up to all you young ladies out there. Uh, bouncers are smarter than they look. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's Callie's hot take. We are pro-bouncer here at the MAV Sports Podcast. Oh, absolutely. So this, is, uh, this has been episode 23. We had Callie Gilman. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Guys, thank you. subscribe. Give us five stars. Leave a comment. Send us an email at mavsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. That is Callie Gilman. Callie, will you ask Most Awesome to sign himself off, please? Most Awesome, will you sign yourself off, please? I don't know, Callie, if you know this or not, but we were most recently inducted in the Podcast Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. where Brandana and I will we'll be giving our speech at our alma mater, Tennessee Mabinuga. <laughs> See you next week, brother. Fame. She likes fashion.